This is the Create Yourself Podcast. What's up, you guys, and welcome back to the Create Yourself Podcast. This is where we discuss fitness, life, nutrition, and how to create a life to be proud of. I'm your host, Cody, and uh, today we're discussing how to make effective programs. So this is something that uh, conversations come out all the time with my coaches, with uh, coaches that are friends. What are the uh, the most effective programs? What what types of things do you look for? What do you use to make a, uh, an effective program? So I'm going to jump into a little bit just examples about how I create them. Um, talk about how I create the, the my gym's programming, how I create programming for my individual clients, my online people, my personal training. We're going to dive into a little bit um, of all of that today. So, um, But first, let me give a shout out to... Uh, I want to shout out my online clients. I want to shout out my in-gym clients. Like, you guys are crushing it, man. There's this past week... Uh, you know, we're coming up on uh, Christmas, and this past week, it's been amazing to watch some of those. Uh, I've got a whole bunch of these before and after pictures from my online people. They're looking fantastic. I've had women that are just crushing it. They're losing weight. I've got a couple ladies that are lower than they've ever been before. On top of that, just my in-gym clients, just the way that everybody's staying committed during the holidays. I just That's just something we got to celebrate. It's something we got to shout out and make a... Um, give it give a give a plug here for on the podcast but so proud of you guys awesome work with that um the thing that i've noticed across the board with all of them and i was talking with a client yesterday was uh, i was like hey man what is it was kind of a rhetorical question but it was hey man what uh what do you find to be the the the, the missing link for you before you started getting all these great results um kind of led him into the question a little bit but it was consistency man um consistency trusting uh, in the program, in the you know, uh, Nick Saban, the the football coach for the um, Crimson Tide, Alabama, uh, he always talks about trusting the process or uh, the process, which is just uh, all the things that happen from the beginning of your journey to the end, right? And all the the, the all the adversity, all the troubles that you run into. Um, when you're consistent, when you trust that process, um, results come after that, and then. That hands down across the board has been has been what's been going on at my gym and what's been going on with my online people. Um, kudos to you guys. You guys are doing awesome. <clears throat> so uh, we're gonna jump into the podcast today. So the, the, this this how to make effective programs really allowed me to really allowed me to think about like what do I really put into a program? Sometimes I just kind of do it without even thinking. I don't really. Uh, I've been doing this for so long that I don't have to think so much about making a quality workout or what goes into it but you find that when you have to when you have to go into this and really think about it and you want to lay this out for other people and essentially train them in that I have to really I had to really dive in deep into like what are the aspects of a great program like what does that look like a lot of it just happens naturally and, and been, I do it without even thinking um, but how would I get that out how would I teach that to people it really allowed me to to come up with some good steps, some good best practices, thoughts. I mean, you name it. So we're going to dive into it. So <clears throat> I essentially broke this down into five steps. And uh, this, this how to make effective programs could be for anybody. It could be for, you know, you're a weekend warrior. You know, you're charging at the gym. You're working hard. Um, maybe you're doing, you're making your own workouts. You're not really ready yet to quite bite the bullet and, and uh, get a coach. You want to do it by yourself. And then this is also going to be for the coaches out there that are, you know, you're training clients every day and maybe kind of lost in, in, in translation. There's so much information out there about how to make programs. You know, this person's always talking about their method. This person's talking about that method. You know, 
whether you should do this new squat program or this pressing program or you name it there's just a lot of information out there and it's hard to really cut through it um so this 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 is all meant just as just best practices for you guys this is just something to to take into consideration um, when you're making programs for other people or when you're doing it for yourself <clears throat> so the first one i put is when we're making effective programs the the place you should always start is like where is your athlete now right or, or where are you at now now that's important to consider because where they are in their fitness journey is going to have everything to do with um, what type of programming or what type of workouts they should be doing. Like, what does their mobility look like? Like, you're not going to go and give somebody this crazy high rep squat program where they're squatting two days a week and they're doing you know 20 reps this day and 10 reps this day. They have no business doing a squat program like that if they have trouble with their mobility in the squat positions in the first place, you're just going to lead them right into an injury or right into issues with their hips, their hamstrings, or uh, you name it. You're just going to run them into a, a meat grinder um, if you don't assess like where their mobility is and finding out where they are with that. You should also be considering like, do they have an imbalance, right? Do, when they, if we're going to stay with the, the, the squat example, like, if they go down into their squat and their hips are swaying to the left or swaying to the right, or you uh, you notice that they're really battling with uh, knee caving in on one side versus the other and they got this huge imbalance, that's something that needs to be considered when you're making these workout programs because if you don't consider it, it's another one of those things where um, you have to really ask yourself, are you serving this person the, the way that you promised them that you would? Are you giving them the most safe and effective uh, program that you can for them? Um, and then uh, also the, the, a huge thing and it's something that man I wish people would consider this more is like um, how long have they been working how have they how what is their training age so when we say training age training age is like um, has this person been working out for years and years right is this their first uh, are you their first coach or or is this your first workout program um, like the time that you train is going to really decide into like one, how many days a week you should work out, how long you should work out, the, the, the types of exercises, whether you're doing, you know, uh, advanced exercises or no, novice exercises, how long you've been training is also really, really important too. So we're talking about like meeting them where they are. Like, don't just assume that you know where this person is. Like, you know, talk to them, ask the questions. What are their limitations? Do they know what they are? Assess them. What's their pers their past workout history? Like all these things are important um, before moving on with any sort of uh, program design or any sort of way of like directing their workouts. So the next one we're going to talk about is like, what are their goals, right? So the goals are everything. So I use this analogy when I meet with people one-on-one and it's like, uh, so for me, I think of goals like this, like I'm going to get in a car with somebody and you know, we're just going to, you know, I tell them when I'm sitting down with them, I'm like, so I you know, like goals are like this. You and I get in a car <clears throat> not having a goal is like you and I get out in the car and we just drive. We just do circles in the parking lot. We don't have any direction with where we're going. Whereas if you think of like, OK, now we've got a goal. Now we're getting in the car. Now we have direction. Now we know where we're going. We have an end spot that we are driving towards. And then when we're making our workout program, we're trying to make the straightest line possible to head towards that goal. Right. So that, I call that my riding the car analogy. So think about that. Like if you're if you're making a workout for somebody or you're making a workout for yourself and shoot, man, you don't you, you haven't thought about 
what direction that person wants to go or they haven't told you or maybe you haven't asked then you're doing them a disservice you got to know what your what your athlete is chasing or uh, again if we're making this workout program for ourselves, you got to know what you're heading towards if you say something very general like oh I just want to I want to lose weight or I want to put on muscle I just want a common one is like I just want to be healthy but what does that mean what does health look like to you does that mean like if you're a parent, you can run, jump, chase your kids, get on and off the ground without pain? Um, if you want to, if you want to lose weight, well, how much weight? Five pounds, ten, three, two, twenty-five. What does that look like? Because if you don't know um, specifically how much weight you're trying to lose, then that that I just want to lose weight goal can and it's not specific enough for you to know. Like, uh, it, well, let's go back to the riding in the car analogy, like. Um, I just want to lose weight is the same as like, Hey, where are we going? Oh, let's go to this state. All right, cool. The state, but like what city in the state, what house, uh, what address, you know, like those uh, getting specific is the same thing as that. So if you want to lose weight, like how much weight are you trying to lose? Right. Have you asked your client that? Okay, cool. You want to lose five pounds? That also is, it leads into insight of like, how long is this going to take? Like, does the person have a lot of weight to lose? Do they have uh, a whole bunch to lose, right? That's going to give you all these indications as to like what their workout program should look like or what if you're, due to, if you're designing it for yourself, what it should look like. <clears throat> so from there, um, you know, talking about the person who wants to gain muscle. How much, right? It goes just like with the weight loss thing. How much, how much muscle are you trying to put on? Um, do you have a lot of muscle mass already? Are you a type of person that struggles to put that on, right? So um, the general thing is like having a goal gives direction into like what you're chasing or what you're going after. If you don't have a goal, then you don't have a direction um, in making your workout program in the first place. And then usually I've found like if you're doing if you're doing the best, most well thought out workout program in the world, but you haven't given thought into like what your goal is or what you're chasing more often than not it's going to lead to less than stellar results uh, or you're, you're just not going to get where you want to go um the whole thing around that goal process too is like um i know for me like if i'm making a workout program from somebody i don't want to waste their time or their money right it, shoot people come into my gym like you come in here you tell me your goal you bet your you can bet everything that I'm going to do everything in my power and my team is going to do everything in their power to hold you to to that goal to that standard that you told us that you wanted to do and and there's only two of us that sell memberships to this gym like I know what goal you've taken you you've said that you wanted to achieve <clears throat> I've written it down um, and then more often than not if I call you and you haven't been here in a little bit I'm going to remind you of that goal because I'm trying to hold you accountable I don't want to waste your time I don't want to waste your time and your money Workout programs are expensive. Coaching is expensive. But it's because it brings so much value. And because I know it has value, I'm not going to let you waste your time. I'm not going to let you waste your money up in here. Um, I'm going to help you to set goals. And if you haven't, man, like, that's everything. You're hurting yourself. Especially if you're, you know, this is for the coaches, man. If you're making that workout program and you haven't asked your athletes their goal, are you really serving them? Are you really driving them in the direction that they want to go in the first place? Right? It's not your goal. It's their goal. Right? Like, if you're... If you're making a workout program for somebody and um, you're just making a program for whatever, are you serving them? Are you pointing them in the, in the direction? Are you giving them what they want? You're not making a program for you. You're making it for them.
So, sorry, goals. Kind of, whew, getting up in here ranting. Um, this goal stuff is everything. It's something I don't even think people even think about. So, um, ask your athletes what their, what their goals are. Super important. Now from there, now I know where you are. Now I know what your goal is. <clears throat> from there, I like to create a framework. Uh, I call it a framework. So a framework is essentially, it's essentially just like a template. So um, usually it's like, well, you know, how much time do you have to train, right? Or how many days a week can you get into the gym? If you're a member of my gym, I know exactly what you have as far as for uh, access to gear. I know what's in here. That's a little bit easier. But uh, when I train people online, it's like, what do you have? Sometimes it's like, oh, I got a kettlebell. I got a dumbbell. Well, cool. Um, you've got a kettlebell and a dumbbell. We've got some. We got less options, but we still got options. How many days a week are you working out? Um, how much time do you have? Because I don't want to give you, like, a, man, it really bothers me. Like, it's like, hey, you know, I'm going to make this workout program from somebody. Um, you know, it's this new workout program, five days a week. You know, they're going to lift. <clears throat> they're going to lift five days a week. It's going to take them about two hours a day. It's this really sweet upper-lower split, emphasis on the squat. And I'm like, yeah, cool, man. Um, does the athlete have time for that? Like, do they have two hours? Can they work out five days a week? You know, this person's a, a you know, mother of two. She's a school teacher. Like, does she have time to uh, teach her students, get home to her daughters, and do your two-hour your two hour workout program per day five days a week? Like, um, can she even recover from that? So, um, creating a framework, but not for you again, centered around the athlete, right? Like people come into my gym, like if you're coming, if you're doing my group training or my team training, like, um, it's a 60 minute class, right? I'm going to take every bit of that 60 minutes and give as much value as I can. And that's going to work for 99% of people, right? That framework of you can come to the gym any of the six days of, of, of classes that we have per week and you can get 60 minutes worth of training in that works for 99% of people. Um, so that's kind of a very generalized framework, but like if you're, if you had the opportunity to work in a personal training setting or you're doing private programming for somebody and you're giving them a program that is not fitting their life, like the framework you have <clears throat> set up for them is not fitting their life. It's just another one of those things when you're doing a disservice to them. Uh, and then more importantly, the framework has to be something they can stick to, right? If they don't stick to it, it you know, if it's if it's too complex and not simple enough, um, it's just it's one of those things. Like you want to <clears throat> you want to try to take as much resistance out of them completing the program as possible. You want to take out all the roadblocks possible so that they can make sure that they can stick to your program. Like if I'm giving somebody three hours of training and uh, it doesn't go with their work schedule, their life schedule. What do you think they're going to neglect first? My workout program or their family? Maybe at first they'll make this workout program work for them, right? They'll do the best they can. They'll get it done. Yeah, it doesn't really fit my life, but I'm making it work. Um, but does it eventually my workout program is going to go to the side, which means I'm failing them, right? So I, I very often ask my athletes, like, is the programming too much? Do you have enough time to do it? Like if I see like, um, this is more so like for the, for my athletes that I train that are like, um, my remote clients or my individual and my personal training folks. And I'm like, um, if it, if it more from my online folks, like you haven't, you didn't complete your workout or your squats that day. What happened? Oh, you know, I had this, that, and this, that going on. Yeah. And and, you know, this person had had to take this person to their, you know, piano lessons, whatever. Um, my question is usually like, um, cool. Is it just one of those exceptions? Like, you know, you, you timed it wrong today or is it too much? Are you having the opportunity to complete everything you need to? 
oh yeah, you know, like it's just fine. I just mistimed it. Okay, cool. But if it keeps happening over and over and over again, and then I start to see this pattern, then really they don't actually, and then it's up to me to make that change for them, to get them to a program that they can get back to adhering to and sticking to. Um, so when I'm creating my framework, it's always going to be centered around um, making sure that my athletes can stick to it and then making sure it sticks to their goal. So that framework might be something like, you know, um, an upper lower split to where like one day they're doing all upper body work, one day they're doing lower body um, and maybe just alternate, you know, four to five days per week, depending on how much they can train. Um, always trying to make sure that I'm, uh, I'm addressing pushing muscles, both horizontal and vertical. Same thing with the pulling muscles. Um, make sure they're hindering, they're hinging. Um, and then, uh, essentially stick to that. So, um, at the gym, essentially how I program my gym here is like, uh, one day a week we have an upper body focus. The next day we have a lower body focus. Um, we'll mix in core work for us, for community buildings, huge. We want to make sure we have something team oriented. Um, so I can make sure that they, uh, get to a chance to work out with somebody in the gym that they know that they don't know maybe um but generally speaking they're getting a full body workout every single week and i'm not biased any one thing i'm making sure i'm getting them their strength training we're we're mixing in all kinds of uh different variation there but um for the gym that's for the most part what i stick to is upper and lower uh sometimes i'll, I'll mix it up and do like an all push day or an all pull day it's all dependent on um <clears throat> like what we're seeing in the gym you know are we seeing across the board that we need to do more pulling or more pushing. Like we try our best to make sure that we're tracking our data for our athletes and stuff and making sure that we're uh, tailoring it to them. Um, because that just helps them stick to it. Like if you're, if you're not a good pull upper and you've seen a lot of, you've seen a lot of pull up variation a lot of, and a lot of pulling variation, you're going to know like, Oh man, those are the days and I need to go because I need to get good at pulling. So, um, we try to create a framework in the gym around that. And then, <clears throat> For my individual folks, my remote folks, it's completely built on, like, what time do you have? Like, how many days a week can you work out? Um, you know, if, you, if you're a person that's trying to get good at, you know, bench press, well, then I'm going to make sure you're doing a lot of horizontal pushing. I'm going to make sure that we're, you know, getting in the, your, your upper back, your lower trap, um, your rear delts, just because I know that those things are going to complement, but your, your programming is going to be centered on that. So the framework is always going to be created about around your athlete's goals. Um, and then meeting them where they are in their fitness journey. I'm super outlined today. Uh, uh, recently I did a podcast with Becky and, uh, she, man, she was so prepared and I wasn't, and I felt like such a dirt bag, but, um, man, these things are a lot easier to talk about when I got these kind of, these, uh, these outlined for my podcast. <clears throat> now, so We've created a framework. We have talked about their goals. We've um, we've met them where they are. Um, as a coach, now it's important. Like, okay, you've got you you've laid these layers on. Now we get into like what coaches love, and that's you know selecting exercises, right? So, <clears throat> exercise selection I find to be kind of um, like everybody has their own style, right? Like, for instance, like I love. I, I have a, a very specific way that I program. Like you're going to see some compound lifts. You're going to make sure that you see, um, you're going to see unilateral work. So, you know, we're working single joint, we're doing multi-joint. You're going to see, um, you're going to see, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, core work. They're going to carry All these things are going to be in there, sprinkling in there along the way. And it's just, that's my specific style. That's how I do things. Um, and I really find programming to be an art form for people and, and everybody has their own little style. Um, 
but I think that there are some very good principles to stick to, right? And then, and then these, this exercise selection has to go in conjunction with the framework. So, uh, so I'll give it just an example template um, for you coaches out there that you can use. Um, I find it to be really effective if every single time I write a program from somebody that um, I start, I call it a metric-based lift. So <clears throat> a metric-based lift can be like one to two exercises that I put in a program and that metric-based lift is something that we're looking to progress um, as we go forward, right? So I don't want to just, sometimes if you're varying the exercises too much, it actually hurts them because it, they, they never really get to learn that pattern. They never really get to practice. Um, and, and when I actually got into to the, the CrossFit thing, <clears throat> I kind of went the, I swung the complete other way to where um, it was variance all the time. And then I wonder why my athletes didn't really progress in like squatting or, you know, pressing or, you know, deadlifting. And it's because I didn't give them enough opportunity to learn how to do the movement. So sometimes I'll stick with the same metric lift. Uh, you know, for instance, we did uh, clean and jerk the past four weeks. And the lift was the same. That was the lift that we were tracking for weight. So then I would do like a clean and jerk. And then the rest of the week I would mix in some accessory lifts and stuff like that. <clears throat> so I'm not too concerned about the accessory lifts going up. Sometimes I'll put like, hey, you need to progress. Um, but the metric-based lifts are something that's important. So usually, you know, in a workout program, a basic template, I'll do um, one to two metric-based lifts. And then um, from there I'll add in some accessory lifts just to complement that. And that's across the board. Whether you're trying to gain muscle or lose body fat, you should lift. You should lift weights. The more muscle you have, the more that's going to uh, burn up that body fat that you have. Um, that, you know, you hear it forever, like more muscle burns more fat or muscle weighs more than fat, whatever the saying goes. But it, it really is true. Like I have athletes that are trying to lose weight and, man, they're deadlifting heavy. They're pressing heavy. I, I posted a lady today on my Instagram. Uh, she's been with me for three months and she's oh man she looks great she's lost a ton of weight um and i'm not gonna say a ton of weight she's lost inches like she went from uh kind of being out of shape a little deconditioned kind of lost some of her strength and then we got her on a lifting program she's training three days a week lifting heavy doing her metabolic conditioning and her finishers at the end of her workouts and man she's got this awesome like hourglass shape to her bite her to her body now like she's got to be pumped about it and shoot you may be listening to this, like you gotta be excited about your results right now. That's awesome. Um, and you're lifting heavy, you know, like, so my fat loss clients, my muscle, my muscle gain clients, it's always gonna be the same. You're gonna be lifting, you're gonna be doing some metric based lifts, one to two of them. Usually I'll throw in two to three, uh, I just call them accessory lifts, but accessory lifts are essentially um, bodybuilding, of the, of the bodybuilding type, like single joint, um, just getting some extra contractions. And those, those uh, lifts are always going to, <clears throat> always going to complement the metric base. For instance, like if I'm going to do a squat day, then I might do, what's one that I'm running right now? Like five by six back squats, right? So the first week, five by six, this is, let's say it's a Monday, five by six back squats. And then accessories to go with that might be like a, a barbell lunge or a box step up, or maybe I'll do some higher rep uh, landmine squats after that. But it's all meant to just complement that metric base lift. Um, and depending on what day, uh, what day in the week it is or whatever that may be, you know, you got your metric based list, we got our couple accessory lifts, and then we'll finish up with, uh, some sort of core or carries or something like that. Um, and then metabolic conditioning from there, depending on what their goals are. Like in my, my competitive CrossFitters, like there's going to be a metric based lift or two, 
there's going to be some accessory work, there might be some gymnastics, and they're almost always going to do something metabolic, like some sort of metabolic conditioning or cardio at the end. Um, <clears throat> for my general population, gym CrossFitters, three out of the six days per week, we're going to do some lifting and we're going to do some accessory work and then we're going to do uh, some metabolic conditioning with that. I always want to make sure that I give that a good mix too because we are programming for the masses for, for a general group of people. They might see you know three lifts, an upper day, a lower day, um, a maybe like a push or a pull or just a pure leg day. And then Thursday is like usually a longer workout. Friday team, Saturday lately has been like a skill day. Uh, a lot of athletes in the gym are asking for the higher skill stuff. So we're giving it to them on Saturdays. But for my, you know, my individual clients, like, you know, like I said, fat loss, muscle gain, doesn't matter. We're going to do some sort of lifting. And then maybe specifically if they're trying to gain muscle, I might dial back that, um, those interval days or uh, metabolic conditioning days, um, depending on what their goals and am I using their time most effectively. Man, it's my first time doing this podcast by myself. Pretty tough. A lot more tough than I thought. Just because you don't have anybody bouncing any ideas off of. Um, but shoot, man. Thanks to Becky for this outline here. So the next thing you want to consider. So we talked about meeting them where they are. We talked about their goals. We talked about creating a framework. We got into exercise selection. Um, again, notice all the theme here, coaches, and, and, and folks making workouts, or maybe you're listening to this and you're trying to just understand how the workouts are made or why or the, the what, how, why, the whole thing. Um, notice it's always centered around the goal of the athlete. What does the athlete want? Are you serving them? I'm not trying to waste anybody's time or money. I know uh, I went and got myself a coach because, shoot, those outside eyes, man, I talk about it all the time. Having somebody... To be like, hey, yeah, you're tired, but you should still go train. Or um, sometimes you don't even notice that you're making workouts that are biased when you do it for yourself. So um, I just want to make sure that when I, like when I'm searching out a coach, that they're 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 making me do the things that I need to do, and they're they're take they're not wasting my time or my money either. Um, so from there, exercise selection rolls right into rep schemes, uh, progressions, and then how are you periodizing them? Right. So there's shoot there's like 50,000 different ways to progress a lift there's 50,000 different rep schemes um, I know one that I love to use and, and just it's very basic super effective I use it all the time for the squat um, is I'll take my metric lift um, and I'll start it with high reps add in a couple of drop sets so like my favorite one is like we'll do <clears throat> like back squat 10 rep max and then you've got two drop sets at one at 90 percent one at 85 percent so i'll do that for a couple you know two three weeks starting at the high rep side but that's all meant to so in academia they call that accumulation so that you're like you're just telling your body like you're giving your, your body a lot of chance or uh, a lot of opportunity to get repetitions in to get um to train that movement and to prepare your body for the heavier weights that are going to come. Cause you can assume like if you're doing a 10 rep max back squat, or um, if you're doing a set of 10 back squats, the weight's probably not going to be very high because you are, because you have to do a lot of reps, right? So I'll start with that set of 10, let the body accumulate some repetition. Um, and then from there, maybe I'll go to a set of eight from there, maybe to a set of six, still mixing in drop sets fours, twos, ones, right? So we went from an accumulation phase. Some would call that a hypertrophy phase. We'll take them through an absolute strength, which is like your middle of the middle of the middle of the road 
uh, rep schemes, like we're talking, you know, threes to sixes, because now we're talking like, okay, we're going to get, because the reps are getting a little bit lower, now we can get the weight really, really high, and then uh, roll into a testing phase from there. So that's just an example. I mean, there's a thousand other ones that you can do. I've messed around with like an, an absolute strength phase where I'll do like, you know, five sets of six, five sets of five, five sets of four, uh, four sets of three, three sets of two, et cetera, working that down. Um, and then in the past, I've dabbled in a little bit of percentage work. I just find that percentage work can be kind of tedious, just be not even tedious, but it just doesn't work as well because you don't always feel as good as you did the day you set your PR. So if you're doing percentage work off of that, um, I just don't find it to be super effective. So uh, that's an example of how I might run the um, the metric-based lifts. Now, when we get into <clears throat> like how I program accessory work, the big thing to remember about that is like most of those accessory movements are meant, are meant again to complement the metric-based stuff. So usually I'll take something simple like um, instead of starting with high reps and then working down, I might do something like start with, uh, you know, three sets of eight and go to like three sets of 10 then three sets of 12. And this is from week to week based on that same lift. And then notice I'm also not switching that with that exercise selection piece. Like I'm not switching the movements out constantly. We might stay with the same movement for two, three weeks and then deload it in that fourth week and then work from there. <clears throat> So then, you know, three sets of 12, maybe three to three sets of 15, three sets of 20. And then even during that, I'll mix in like, how long are you resting between exercises? What are, what is the tempo that you're doing? Are you doing, <clears throat> I might make you do pauses. I might make you do like a, I love to program like a, a an easy bar curl and I'll have somebody pause at the top contraction of their bicep and then make them get a nice, good eccentric contraction on the way down. And just that nice stretch on that bicep can really bust it up and you can get a good, you know, bicep workout just from doing three, four sets with a good rest period mixed in there. Um, and then sometimes I might take those accessory movements and do like, I'll take that three sets of eight one week, then I'll go four sets of eight the next, and then five sets of eight the next one, right? And we're just, we're just accumulating volume there. So that's how I kind of, that's how I stick around programming the accessory list. And then um, with the conditioning work, it's much of the same. Conditioning, especially metabolic conditioning for my CrossFitters, got to vary the, for that, you got to vary a little bit of everything. So the main thing I'm looking at there is like for the rep schemes and progressions, like I'm not too concerned about uh, like the, the, the reps they're doing. I more concentrate on like how long are they working out? Like, are they doing short workouts? Are they doing really long workouts? Um, sometimes I'll mix in rest periods with that. So I'll have them do one round of something. Let's say I'll have them do one round of uh run 400 meters, 10 overhead squats, 50 double unders. Okay. Then I'll have them rest about two minutes and then they do it again. And the whole goal with that is like, you've got this rest period. I'm looking for you to make every round about the same, or maybe I'll make your rest really, really long so that you can put out a hundred percent. And that goes with that intensity piece. So with varying, uh, you know, reps and periodization and progressions there, like with the conditioning stuff, we just want to vary our intensity, our time, that we're working out the intervals and then <clears throat> of course the rest periods in there now from there the last thing the most important part the one that cannot that hands down cannot be overlooked um, if you're making an effective program a piece of that puzzle is you the coach right or you the person making that uh, workout program 
that's everything because you know sometimes coaching is downplayed a little bit especially depending on what like what gym or what type of coaching you 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 get like um sometimes coaches don't deliver on that value and then sometimes athletes don't receive that value like if you come to my gym you're paying a lot of money to work out here and the coaches here will go out of their way to make sure you get what you need to get out of this um but i think sometimes we're shot in the foot just from you know the 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 bigger box gyms like if you go in there and you like you get so used to just using the gear all the time like you don't get used to getting that feedback or like uh the 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 outside eyes of like somebody saying like hey let's tweak let's tweak this let's uh you know that movement doesn't look like it's it's, it's going over too well with your body today let's switch to this um so from like in, in a in a gym setting sometimes we forget that piece because we're you know for me even i spent a lot of time in the the big box gym stuff for a long time so when i got into a group space it was hard for me to understand that i'm going to get feedback but now man like the i have a i have a business coach um i i call him a spiritual my spiritual coach it's kind of a become a joke now but um uh, my pastor brian like um he holds me accountable and and is always feeding me information uh about my faith and then uh, i have a business coach that is like you know, essentially calls me out when I'm slacking on stuff or like, you know, gives me accountability when I need to get better at something. And then now I have a fitness and nutrition coach, like uh, paying tons of money in all these coaches, but it's because like I got to develop myself because <clears throat> I've got people that I got to lead to. So you as a coach, like you need to develop yourself. You need to provide uh, accountability. You need to help with like troubleshooting them when they, when they need fixes. Like just because you make a workout program, that's not the end of it. Like if they need a variation, like I get athletes all the time, they're just like, oh, you know, I'm really sore from this and that, or like, oh man, my, you know, my work schedule changed and I need to switch. Like, you don't just say like, oh, I made your workout program, figure it out. No, it's like, what modifications can I give you? Like, where can I tweak? Like, I know your goals. What can I change and help you troubleshoot so that you get an effective workout that day, whether you're sore, time's messed up, whatever that may be. So as a coach, you, prov you, prov you provide that ability to troubleshoot and then motivating them. Like, are you motivating your athletes? Athletes, are you getting motivated by your coaches? Are they getting in your ear and making you do stuff that you don't want to do? Are you ready to receive that? Or are you just putting it off? Right? Because it does no good, it does no good uh, with me as a coach if I'm trying to motivate you <clears throat> and you're not ready to hear it. Like if you're not ready to if you're not ready to get that, like receive your like your ego's too high for you to receive what I'm trying to give you, then um, you're only hurting yourself, like especially if you're coming in, you're coming to a, like a group training gym and you're coming here for feedback and training in the first place and you're not taking that feedback, like come in here, get your money's worth, like ask coaches questions. Like a lot of us coaches are spending, like when you're spending your time working or, you know, uh, doing your nine to five or, you know, standing duty, whatever, if, if you're military, like it doesn't matter. Like whenever you're working on your job, we're working on our job, getting better at that right so if you come in here and you got questions about fitness and stuff like that i probably just read about it or uh i probably have tried it on an athlete like I, me personally i've trained hundreds and hundreds of people like I, I bet i have troubleshot what you need help with right now or what you have a question on i mean there's no doubt in my mind it happens all the time like I, sometimes i get a question i'm like oh man i've done this like 25 times already like and it's not like i'm annoyed by it it's more like um i've done this so many times why didn't you come to me sooner we could have fixed it before it got bad at all you know so troubleshooting, motivation, and then 
are you helping them like are you helping them adhere to their program like are you um are you what's the word i'm looking for here like um are you helping to remove roadblocks for them right you're their guide like are you are you getting the things out of the way for them or helping them to figure things out right if they have an open line of communication with you and you know you give this you give them this awesome workout program and you talked about their goals um but when when things come up you don't help them to change it so they can adhere to your program like um are you serving them right this is a question those are the hardest questions you got to ask yourself um it, it, everything should always be centered around the athlete all the time no matter what um without all these things being there like without you the coach uh being part of the workout program that's uh, you're the glue without you everything just falls apart right which is which is why like uh especially lately i've really find i really hold coaching at a at a at a, at a high at a very high point in my life just bec- or at a very high priority because so much value comes from people um coaching you and giving you feedback on things and it's also why I will never go get a workout program and just follow it without having somebody that I can speak to about it. Like, I want to know, it's like, I want to know who's making my workouts. Like, can I talk to them? Because I want to know why. And me as a coach, like, you're going to hand me some workout program. I'm going to ask you, why did you do that? Like, if, if you're one of my athletes and you're not asking me stuff, then I almost feel like I'm not serving you right. Like, I almost feel like I'm not... Like, obviously, I'm always trying to feed information, especially in my gym. Like, it's all about, like, our whole process right now is, like, what kind of content information can I give to them? Like, uh, how can my coaches effectively give them more education? Like, I want all my athletes to be able to go into a gym at another gym and coach that class. Like, that's how knowledgeable I want my clients to be. Like, so you as a coach, like, that's you should be shooting for the same thing, right? If you're, if you're an athlete and you're just getting a workout program, you printed some PDF off of some website, like, it, it, like that coach doesn't know you. Like, you don't have a face to that. Like, maybe it's somebody that is popular, but, like, what? Like, do they know you? Do they make that workout program for you? Do they take you into consideration when they're coming up with this stuff? All this is so important. And for you coaches out there, like, um, you got to make sure that you're going over that stuff with them. Now, with all this effective programming talk we're doing, um, I also have, like, a, I guess just a list of, like, uh, so notice, have you noticed we've changed gears? I'm bad at this whole kind of changing gears thing. Um, so we talked effective programming. We talked about, like, you know, what are the pieces of that puzzle and, like, what parts of an effective program, uh, what, what those look like. But I also think within that it's important to, there, there's a, there's a bunch of exercises that should be kind of mixed in there a little bit. Now, there's like a bazillion different types of exercises, but there are some that I find to be very, very effective. And like just based off of principles, a good programming should be in there. So uh, I find that like every exercise program should have some sort of pressing, whether it's a, you know, like a strict overhead barbell press or, you know, flat bench barbell press, some sort of pressing, horizontal, vertical, doesn't matter. Some sort of compound press is, it, it's got to be in there, right? From there, we're going to go into a squat. So back, front, something, uh, you should be doing some sort of multi-joint squat in your workout program almost every week. Every week, you should see that in there. From there, uh, usually 
I usually think some sort of hinging. So hinging could be like a deadlift, <clears throat> sumo deadlift, Romanian deadlift, um, kettlebell. Some sort of pulling from the floor should be happening, whether it's an Olympic lift. Like if you got the mobility and um, you can understand the skill of an Olympic lift, that should be in there too. And then from there, you'll hear me talk about like, you know, single joint or unilateral exercises. So that could be anything from like a single joint dumbbell press, single, uh, single arm bench press, you name it, some sort of single arm and single leg movements. We're talking squats, box step-ups, reverse lunges, or I'm sorry, uh, barbell lunges, reverse lunges, step-ups, Cossack squats, something where you're biasing one leg versus the other, and that's going to store up any sort of uh, imbalances that you have. And then from there, we need some sort of horizontal vertical pull. That could be like a bent over row or, you know, a strict pull up or um, ring row, you name it. Some sort of horizontal or vertical pull should be in your workouts. And then always trying to pay attention to some core. Like without your core, everything else is kind of null and void. So uh, usually basic core work that I put in with people is going to be like a forearm plank or a side on, uh, a sideline plank. So that's just something that you're going to see sprinkled in through any workout program that I do. And then if I were to mentor any coaches and, and kind of give you feedback on your program and you send it to me and I look at it and I don't see those things in there, that's usually one of the first places I'm going to start. Um, so listen, guys, uh, that's all I got for you today. I hope you enjoyed it. This, is, this one's going to be a lot of information for you coaches out there. Uh, it's also going to be for anybody who maybe wants to just understand what, like what the method behind the madness is if, you know, if you train in my gym or if you do my programming or you, you follow me or this podcast in any capacity um, that's just some thoughts that I have around like making good workout programs some people really love to um, kind of nerd out on this stuff so uh, that's just some thoughts I have for you um, so let's plug a couple things in here if you live in Silverdale, Washington and you're looking to, to get in some quality training with some coaches that care about you with literally the best community around uh, we give a two-week free trial, and the reason why is, like, if you haven't noticed about this podcast, that two-week trial is an opportunity for me to show you that we're not all talk, for me to show you that, look, my team, my staff, we are going to go coach our faces off for you and give you the best opportunity possible to achieve your goal. So two-week free trial at our gym, you can um, you can find us on uh, at our website and sign up for that or on our Instagram. If you want to go to our website, it's going to be uh, CrossFit7Cities.com. If you're finding us on Facebook, you can just shoot us a message and we'll get you signed up for that. Um, if you're looking to do, you know, maybe you don't live local to me, but you're um, kind of interested in what I can offer or what I can do for you, uh, I do provide online uh, workout programs and nutrition for clients online. Uh, you, can, you can message me and find me on Instagram at the CF7C Coach, or you can go on Facebook and just search Cody Smith. Um, we've also been doing a lot of YouTube videos recently too, so um, you can find us on there. And then from there, guys, give me some feedback on this podcast. Uh, go ahead and subscribe to it. Share it with a friend. Let them know. Um, any information that you guys want to know, if we know about it, we can get it out for you. Um, this, this programming thing came from a lot of questions that I got after um, I had a conversation with an athlete the other day. Um, so that's what this whole thing was around. So give us some love on the podcast. Give us a review. Give us information or give us questions on information you want to hear. And we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. Take care.